What's up? This is David Brody from Elvis and the Morning Show. Welcome to Walkers and Talkers, Episode 3, our first episode dedicated to Fear the Walking Dead, a spinoff of The Walking Dead. I'm joined again, I am the luckiest man in podcasting, <laughs> by Jamie uh, from Light FM in New York. Hi, Jamie. Hi. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> welcome back. So we're going to talk a little bit about Fear the Walking Dead. No, well, we're going to talk about some things. Hopefully you watch the episode. Uh, there's not a lot to spoil, so don't worry, even if you haven't seen it. We're really just reviewing the episode. No big things happen, really. But I also wanted to talk about The Walking Dead and how it's sort of affecting our experience with Fear the Walking Dead. Yes. <laughs> now, when Fear the Walking Dead debuted, originally, six episodes, it was last summer, and it was after we hadn't had The Walking Dead for a while. Yeah, it was and, in August. Yeah, and it was sort of a teaser leading into the return of The Walking Dead, the main show. This time, they give us the big season finale where Negan bashes somebody's head in, in The Walking Dead, and then with no time to breathe, they give us Fear the Walking Dead. Too soon. I feel like I'm not <laughs> mentally ready for fear. That's how I feel too. I needed a breather. I needed at least a month. Right. Now, so a timeout. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably <laughs> like like Jamie and I am in that we've been at least for me, I'm a little obsessed. I've been watching every <laughs> Negan conspiracy theory camera angle, who did what when, who was sitting where video on YouTube to try to figure out if there's any clues as to who Negan killed. And so I'm still in that I need like 6 weeks of you know, downtime after Negan bashed someone's head in with a bat. We're still investigating. Right. So we had this huge roller coaster, this massive, crazy Walking Dead episode, and then fear, which is sort of still kind of building momentum, it kind of left me weird. Yeah, I, w- I was not ready for this yet. Not ready for it. So with that said, um, I, I, if you haven't seen it, there's a picture of Norman Reedus with what looks like a mold like a rubber head and body leaning forward like they're on their knees and it's unpainted. It's just white. Like if you made like a a pot or a plate in. I saw that on his Instagram. Right. On his Instagram. Right. I was wondering what that was. Right. And so it's a big bald head. I think Big big bald head. Big bald head. Right. Uh, Of course you knew that you Daryl obsessive fan. (laughs) Norman, I love you. Now, (laughs) who did you think it was? Because I know who I think it looks like. The body? Yeah. So it looks like they're ready to make a dummy of whoever's going to get bashed with the bat so that you're not actually hitting the actor and they'll bash somebody. So it it, it lo- it's it's a man, first of all. It looks lean like Glenn. It kind of has it does, a Glenn but body it shape. It has the nose and face of Aaron. Hmm. And I'm wondering if the person next to Aaron gets bashed and that's why they have this dummy or... You know, so you don't hit Aaron by, by accident. I don't know, but it looks like Aaron. It doesn't mean that that's not a fraud. Like, that's just, like, make it look like Aaron to yeah. throw everybody off and that there's actually one that looks like Glenn or Daryl or Eugene or Abraham or whoever it is that's actually killed. But it certainly looked to me like Aaron. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, and now I'm, I didn't get to see the dummy's face, actually. I just saw the body of it. Okay. So. Yeah, so I'll, I'll see if I can send you the picture, okay. and I'll, I'll I'll tweet it out if I can find it. If, so you should follow me at David underscore Brody, and of course, Jamie. At jmegs514. Now spell that, because it took me a while uh, to find it. J-M-E-G-S. Right. I was like, is it J-A-Y? Yeah. Is it just J-Megs? <laughs> J-Megs, very good. 
So if you don't know who Jamie is, if you didn't listen to last week, Jamie works down the hall in our building here at iHeartRadio, and she works for Light FM. You're at work, uh, easy listening kind of radio station. Yeah. And we, of course, work here at uh, Z100 in New York, and of course, all over the country on Elvis Duran in the Morning Show. And we stop each other in the hallway <laughs> on Mondays, and we, we compare notes. And so we thought, well, let's let's have you have you on for the podcast on occasion when you, when your schedule allows it. And so, okay, so we've put the fear, uh, we've put the Walking Dead to bed for now. We're still obsessed with it, but let's talk about fear. Okay. So fear sort of picks up where it left off last season. Now, last season was six episodes of building and showing the whole apocalypse and how it started and how nobody knows how to kill these things. They don't know to kill them in, in, in oh, brain. Oh, yeah, they right? don't they know anything. Hit them in the head. They don't know anything. So it was frustrating as a viewer because you're yelling at your TV, hit them in the head, hit them in the head, but they didn't know that. So, that, of course, the zombies keep, the walkers keep coming at <laughs> yes. them. And by episode six... The, the stars of the show sort of have it figured out. Yeah, get him in the head. Right. And one of the stars of the show is a guy named Strand, Victor Strand. He uh, is the guy who is in, he's locked up with Nick, and he's sort of, you don't really have him figured out yet. He's could be evil, he could be nice, I don't know. He's got a big mansion, and the episode ended last season. They're at his big mansion on a hill by the water, and he says, my, my plan for the apocalypse, which he seems, by the way, like he's been ready for the apocalypse forever. Yeah. Is he's got this giant boat named Abigail? Yep, right? giant yacht. Giant yacht, and we don't know yet who Abigail is, but I know according to the Talking Dead that Abigail is someone that plays a role at least in his storyline in his life, and he's got this yacht. So it ended with they're safe in this mansion, and if anything happens, they've got this boat. The episode picks up. Los Angeles is already under Operation Cobalt, which means they're bombing the city to keep the disease in, uh, contained. Because they think only certain people have the virus. Everything's on fire. Everything's on fire, which they don't explain. You have to kind of figure that out for yourself. That Operation Cobalt, as described last season, is they're going to take as many healthy people out, save them, and then bomb and firebomb and burn everything else to contain what they believe is the infected people. Because they don't really know what we know from watching The Walking Dead, which is everyone has the virus and everyone dies and turns into zombies, not just infected people. Yes. So they're on the beach... And they're waiting for Strand, who's out on his yacht already, to send Nick back with a boat. And in the meantime, there are now zombies in the house, on the cliff. Oh, they're coming down the beach They're coming to down shore. the beach. So the, the, the big excitement of the episode is them trying to grab supplies from the house that are on the beach, get into the speedboat, the mini inflatable speedboat, and then get back to the yacht. I really don't know. I didn't really think Nick had it in him, but I was proud of him. Yeah, so if you don't know what we're talking <laughs> about, there's a, there's a zombie, a walker, we'll call him a walker, um, who is in the water oh. and tries to stop them from getting in this pontoon boat. And Nick tilts the um, the motor so that the fan of the boat, the blades, hit the zombie in the face and chop his face up. That was great. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. But that may have been the most exciting thing on the whole episode <laughs> was this escape because the rest of the episode, it's life on a ship, life mm-hmm. on a yacht. Quiet. Quiet. Not a lot going on. They do some fishing. Uh, they talk about what they might do, where they might go. They don't know. Strand's being strange. He's a weird dude. He's a weird dude. You're not really sure where where his head is at. Um, and then here's where, where I want to discuss. There's a, there's a moral dilemma. They're on this yacht. There's like, I don't know, eight of them, maybe nine yeah. survivors on this yacht, which clearly could hold like 50 people. They could have a huge party. It's like oh, a Leo yeah, DiCaprio kind of gorgeous. Boat. Right. <laughs> and they see this giant, I don't want to say it's a raft, but it's like a floating something. It's a boat. Not really a boat. It's like a floating thing. Yeah. And it looks like 20 people, 25 people screaming, help us, help us, help us. On the show, the people that aren't Strand 
most of them feel like we need to stop and help them, right? So Kim, I'm sorry, Madison and Travis, the parents, they feel like maybe we should help them. I don't know. But they, I think they realize maybe that's not the best move. And Strand says, absolutely not. We're not stopping the boat. This is my boat. My boat. Rule number one, my boat. Rule number two, my boat. Rule number three, it's my, my boat. mother effing boat. <laughs> and he says, look, we have to protect ourselves. And these people are going, help, save me, help. Literally in front of them. Right. Maybe, you know, 50 yards Ooh. off the off the boat. Not that far. And you can see their faces. And he's, mm. he's like, nope, drive away. Keep going. We're not saving these people. Basically condemning them to death. What would you do, Jamie? Um, You know what? I would. I have to agree with Strand. I, I, Heartless. As, I know, you know, because I was thinking Travis finally has turned around a little bit and he said he kind of calmed Madison down because she was freaking out that, you know, they weren't stopping. And right, he, Madison's the mom with the, the mom. blonde hair. Yep. And, she's... and her fiance, Travis, said, you know, like, we don't know if they're infected and we have limited supplies and we have to protect us and our family first. Right, they still think that there's people who are infected and yeah. who aren't infected when they, again, as we mentioned before, yeah. they're all infected. Exactly. And Spoiler. he said, we can't bring 20 people on this boat right. along with us. Right. So it would break my heart, but I would have to keep sailing. Right. Okay. Um, I would look for the attractive ones and have them oh. swim over. <laughs> and then if they were grubby looking or, you know, I'd be like, ah, you're not. So, we, if, 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 if humanity's going to survive, we should only take the attractive ones. That's what I would do. So, but you're right. You, you don't know who to trust. No. Um, it, 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 it was interesting because in Fear the Walking Dead, they sort of realized that seventh episode. Yeah. Like it's us against them. Whereas in The Walking Dead, I feel like it took them a really long time to not trust people. Like, yep. it took them a couple of seasons, I think, the governor, before they were like... Because they were, they were trying to help everybody. Yeah, because their whole their whole slogan is, fear the, uh, fight the uh, dead, fear the living. Right, right. Because the living are actually, as we've learned, more dangerous... Than the dead. <laughs> Negan, the governor. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, more dangerous than... than Because you can, you can kill the dead. You can stab them in the head. You can outrun them, usually... But it's it's the living that are it's that are the Negans and the governors, right, the terminus. Right. The ter- oh the termites. Oh, oh man. They are. <laughs> okay. So they drive off. So then again it, it gets back to character building, uh hashtag boring. They jump in Nick jumps in the water with um Chris, the Chris, son. Right, Chris the son. Who has a complete meltdown because uh his mother Liza Right, his mother got got bitten bit, last season and, and she Travis had to Travis shoot had her. to shoot her in the head because she was going to die and she knew it. So he still hates his father for killing his mother. They throw her overboard after a quick funeral. He, he violently throws her. Right, right. Overboard. Everybody's giving her a eulogy and talking about her, and he just walks over and dumps her overboard like Oof. I'm done with her. Yep. He punches his dad in the face. Yep. So he's an angry little kid. He jumps in the water. Uh, Nick, who, by the way, if you don't know, he played a young Voldemort in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, he looks like a young Johnny Depp. Yeah, half the cast is British. I still don't know why. <laughs> Both shows, half Both the shows. cast is British. So the two of them jump in the water, and it's not you don't think it's really important, except they find a boat that's been shot up and flipped over, and there's dead people in the water, and all of a sudden there's walkers floating by, or oh, floaters. Yeah. Well, they're not really walking. Floaters. They're floaters. Floaters and talkers is the name of the podcast this week. <laughs> And they can't swim. They can't walk. They just kind of flailing around, and they kind of escape them fairly easily. Nick gets a captain's log of the boat, so like a diary of the boat that's been shot up. Now we don't know who shot the boat up. It's smoking. It looks like it was on fire at some point. Everybody's dead. And then dummy Alicia, who is this girl? She's the daughter. She's Nick's sister. She's supposed to be the bright one. No. She gets all girly and uh, sad and like needing to talk to someone. 
And she takes, by the way, that didn't mean to imply that girls aren't as tough as guys, but she sort of gets weepy when she hears a young man's voice on the, the CB, CB radio, radio who convinces her that he's all alone with his sister-in-law. They're running out of supplies. They have nowhere to go. They're in a cove. And she play, he plays music for her. And she sort of like starts feeling sorry. Fast forward, he tricks her into saying where they are on the boat, roughly, uh, in relation to a fire on land. And now they're being tracked because this boat that this guy is on is coming up fast. That boat goes faster than the yacht. So I would assume next episode, they're going to try to board the yacht, the Abigail. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, of course, Strand was none too happy when he, when he sort of figured it out. Oh, he was mad. That this boat is now found where they are because his whole thing was, we're alone, we're fine, stay away from people till we figure out where to go where it might be safe. And now this boat of what could be pirates, Is less basically. than 25 miles away. Right, they're, they're right. So the yacht goes 20, uh, 20 knots, and the boat catching up on them is going at least 25. So they cannot run them. So that's where we're at. It's sort of another building episode. And again, I think if it was in six weeks, be fine. I think it's too soon for a building episode when you just had the saviors. Yeah, because we're, like you said, we're still trying to figure out who did Negan kill. Right. So I feel like the boat should have caught up around the 40-minute mark. Maybe we see it pulling up because now we don't know, is this guy a good guy or or is this the boat full of people that just shot up the other boat where the bodies are floating in the water? Yeah. And, you know, what did they do it for? What did they want? Did they take supplies? They, I mean, they blew the boat up somehow. Yeah. So they're dangerous. They're possibly dangerous people. We don't know. So that's where we're at. I, yet another cliffhanger. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, AMC. <laughs> now, if you watch The Talking Dead, which is now on after Fear the Walking Dead, that's new this season. They showed the yacht being built. It's not a real yacht. It's not really on the ocean. It's it's a really good model of a yacht that they green screen, and they have it in, in the ocean in California. I guess it's in California, right? And yeah, it's sort right. of this giant enclosure. So they've enclosed like a football field size. By the way, thanks for football fields, because then you can always say <laughs> you have size, you, can, you yeah. can judge things by. It looks like a giant football field size ocean that sort of has a wooden fence fencing it off. Yeah. And they green screened things and it looks like an infinity pool. So it looks like the yacht is on the ocean and they're filming it all really on land, but like right on a pier. That's cool. So it looks like next week, maybe we have some interesting things going on, but this was another uh, slow building episode after five out of six slow building episodes last season. And I'm, and I'm, I'm from the videos I'm watching and the reviews on YouTube. It seems like people are like, eh, they don't really care about the show. And I feel like it's like, another Criminal Minds or another CSI where you're like, I like the original one, but I don't know if I like CSI New York, which got canceled. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're talking about canceling Criminal Minds. They had one spinoff that got canceled with Janine Garofalo. That was terrible. Yeah. Now they have a new, it was always oh, terrible. It was the worst cast ever. <laughs> the whole cast was annoying. Now they have a new Criminal Minds, Beyond Borders, which um, Danielle Monero on my show reported as on the list of possibly canceled. Oh. And I'm thinking fear better pick up the pace before it gets canceled because people aren't interested. Yeah. Start I want to see blood, I want to see I want to see fighting, I want to see some zombie killing, I want to see some enemies, some bad guys. So next episode better take off running or do you think you might lose interest? Um yeah, because there's no character I can say that I actually love and that really would be heartbroken if we lost right now. I we really could lose anybody and be like, "Well, uh. Right. Like I I'm trying to remember when I watched The Walking Dead, I think I initially immediately liked Rick, yeah, and Glenn. Oh, you love, yeah, Rick and Glenn. You know, we right say called him, an, we called him, uh, we call him a um, a dumbass, a dumbass, right? <laughs> like he was fun, and you cared yeah. about them. I feel like these people are like they're just 
they're not my friends. No. They're people on a show, and I don't, I don't know. To, I, be, I, to be honest, the only real reason I'm watching is because this is supposedly supposed to be happening when Rick's in his coma and how it broke out. And, right. And because I'm a fan of the show, I want to know what's going on. I don't want to miss out, but I'm not, I don't love it, love it. Right. Now, they say there, there's a crossover element in the show. Plane, right? Well, I don't know what the well, I don't know about the plane. So the plane that we've been watching on The Walking Dead, Flight 462. Yeah. It's going to crash, I guess, in the water, and there'll be survivors from the plane crash that join the cast of the show. Yes. But there's still a crossover. They haven't said what it is yet. Okay. Now I read somewhere that Madison on the show, played by Kim Dickens, if you listen to her speak, she has a Georgia accent. Oh. And I'm wondering if she's somebody's relative. Like, is she Rick's sister? Is she, you know what I mean? Like, is she Daryl's long lost cousin? Or, she, like, she may mention something like, oh, yeah, my cousin Rick is a police officer or something like that. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. So I think that's the angle because most of the other yeah. people on the show are, are, are Latino. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of Latinos on the cast of The Walking Dead right now, right? Am I forgetting just anybody? Rosita. Rosita, right. So, but, but I'm. That's about it. Right. So I'm thinking that that Madison may be related to someone from Georgia, and that's the crossover. Ooh, I like that. Like, maybe she takes out a wallet, or she's reminiscing, or something. Like, I, I wonder what's going on. I wish I could call my cousin to see if they're okay in Atlanta. So I feel like something's going to happen, but it's this is taking place, well, like you said, while Rick is sleeping. Yes. So we'll see. But that's what I think might be the crossover. Oh, that would... The plot that because there's like no that. way to cross the country right now. True. To, to go from, uh, unless they go through the Panama Canal. And go yeah. <laughs> we don't think that. So, okay, so to wrap up our episode here, we've agreed that we needed more time before fear started. Absolutely. We needed a break, a timeout. Right. And we've agreed that we don't really care yet, but we're watching. Yes. We need to, somebody needs to die or someone needs to be heroic. And I think when you watch The Walking Dead, it's like a western. They've got swords and guns, and they're and they're like they're shooting bad guys, and they're coming at you know, Rick and Daryl and the crossbow. Fast paced. Fast paced, and all we saw them do was beat an eel. <laughs> That's true. Which sounds dirtier than it actually is. <laughs> they literally beat an eel. Yeah. Yeah. They they went fishing. fishing. They caught a rubber eel because as they said in Talking Dead, it was a rubber eel. Yeah. He bashes the eel in the head. I'm thinking that's really the killing. That's the action. That was it. At least Michonne would have taken her katana out and sliced the eel in half. Yeah. So if that's the most action we get is killing an eel, they really got to do something they need next to week. Step it up. Yeah, they need to step it up. So uh, let's talk next week about okay. episode two <laughs> this season of Fear the Walking Dead. Uh, if you have any questions or you want us to want to ask any questions of us for next week, uh, use the hashtag talkers and I'm sorry, walkers what? and talkers uh, on Twitter. Again, at David underscore Brody. And at J 